Hello, and welcome to the Smart Injury Doctors Podcast, the injury market's top program for doctors, lawyers, and insurers who want to gain greater insight on how to improve patient recovery results and deliver better services in the U.S. injury market. Please welcome your host, Dr. Jeffrey Allen Kronk. Hello and welcome. What I want to talk about today is the two most prominent bioimaging markers that exist in a spinal ligament injury. The bioimaging markers are what doctors use to determine the severity and the location of a ligament injury. Now, that's not standardly being done in the market today. Uh, most patients that have spinal ligament injuries don't, are working with doctors that actually don't know the severity and the location of their ligament injuries. So this is very important because these injuries are the number one cause of chronic pain and disability today. They're the number one physical cause. So we have to have a lot more doctors in the market that know how to standardly work this up with standard procedures. The first way to, the first um, challenge to working it up is to understand the bioimaging markers that dictate the severity and location of a ligament injury. So first off, what's a bioimaging marker? It's a feature in an image that indicates a biological state in the body. So a common bioimaging marker is a fracture. So no one can tell anyone that they have a fracture of a bone without an x-ray or a CT. It's a separation of bone, it's a misalignment of bone that occurs on an x-ray or a CT and that is how you determine the severity and location of a fracture, a simple fracture. When we have ligament damage to the spine there are two bioimaging markers and there are two completely different modalities that pick it up. So the most prominent imaging biomarker to determine the severity and location of a ligament injury is excessive motion in the joint. So stress radiology, flexion extension radiology, where you're stressing the joint, and then highly accurate measurements of the intersegmental motion, such as those produced with spinal kinetics, CRMA, or excessive motion study, which Spinal Kinetics is a board certified uh, medical radiology owned and operated company that's a, that is a medical company in, in the market today that does accurate excessive motion. It's a niche company all throughout the United States that does these studies for medical doctors, chiropractors, uh, uh, anyone that's in the, injury in the spinal injury market can actually have this sort of a study done. But let me get back to biomarkers. So we have excessive motion is the main thing that you pick up with ligament damage to the spine. So let me do a little bit of a rundown on the spine. The spine is 100 joints, over 100 joints, and there are over 220 specialized ligaments that hold it together. Now only 23 of those are discs. So there is a lot of non-disc ligaments. As a matter of fact, in between two vertebrae, which is a disc, there are nine other ligaments that hold that spinal motion unit together. So we have excessive motion, which tells us how all of the 10 uh, ligaments basically are operating. And if we see excessive motion in the joint, the more and the, the more severe the excessive motion is, it tells us that's the bioimaging marker that allows us to grade the severity of a sprain that allows doctors to pick up and determine the severity of a spinal instability. So we have excessive motion as one bioimaging marker. 
We also could have a disc herniation. Remember I said there's 220, special, 220 specialized ligaments to the spine, 23 of which are discs. So if we have a disc herniation, that gets picked up on MRI. It's not picked up on stress radiology. But on MRI, MRI is not designed to pick up excessive motion of the spine. So there are two completely different imaging modalities and there are two completely different imaging biomarkers. Any doctor in the market today that's working with a, a disc injury patient, the first question that any doctor should have is, is there excessive motion associated with the disc herniation at that level, above the level, below the level? Because if there's significant and even severe excessive motion with the disc herniation, it shows that the other nine ligaments, stabilizing ligaments in that motion unit have also been damaged and those rehab significantly different in, in most cases just because you have significant damage. The patient that has that level of injury that has a disc injury with excessive motion, actually the biggest thing that they suffer from in the market today is not having a doctor that understands that's what they have and not having a do doctor that understands what to do with that, how to treat that the best way. So in the market today for spinal ligament injuries, there are two very prominent bioimaging markers. Now, one of the things I'm going to also state today is that these bioimaging markers are so prominent that they should be done by an outside third party. Treating providers should stay in their lane with treatment and imaging should stay in the proper lane, which is the lane of radiology, in the radiologist lane. The other thing I'm going to say is that the imaging findings themselves drive all reimbursement. So what I found out a long time ago as a treating provider is that it was best to have them done by an unbiased independent third party. That's what I wanted to have done. When, as a treating provider, I wanted this, if I was gonna send out for disc herniation or an MRI study to get see if there was a disc herniation, I wanted it done independently. In other words, I didn't want to bring back the MRI uh, images and read them and say, well, there's, an MR, or there's, a, there's a disc herniation there. I don't do enough of that. That was not in my space. What was in my space was the treatment of the conditions that the radiologist sent me back. If I w wanted an excessive motion study done, again, the excessive motion study is one of the most significant studies that you can do for ligament damage, and it should be done in an unbiased manner so that you or treating providers can just use the results to drive care. It's done unbiased, and so there's no manipulation of the results. Oftentimes, treating providers are looked upon as bias. So the findings themselves, if they're trying to do an excessive motion study themselves, is looked upon as bias. It would be no different than if excessive motion studies were being done. Um, and this is a great example. Excessive motion studies allow for pre-authorization of spinal fusion surgeries. But it'd be very interesting to see how an insurance carrier would look upon a surgeon that was doing his own excessive motion measurements to show abnormal excessive motion so that he could get surgical uh, patients pre-qualified for surgery. It just wouldn't happen. And it shouldn't happen in the market today. These findings are so important and they drive at all reimbursement. They should be done independent in an unbiased manner. But 
the reason why I wanted to just explain it today was to talk about the bioimaging markers. There are two of them. One is found in stress radiology, it's called excessive motion. You can't pick it up on MRI generally. The other is disc herniation. You pick it up on MRI, you can't pick it up on stress radiology. Although stress radiology today, we know that with current research, as of 2018, we know that in extension in the cervical spine, if we have translation in extension, then we have high probabilities for disc herniation. So we can look, the, the providers that really understand stress radiology and intersegmental motion studies also understand that those studies can actually lead the provider to rule in or rule out the probability of disc herniation based on the study with new research. So it also, uh, providers that are really know how to use this type of a study and these bioimaging markers also know how to reduce unnecessary utilization of imaging procedures. So it's very, very important today in the market because it, like I said, this is the number one cause of pain and disability in the market today, and we need a lot better doctors in the market that understand how to determine the severity and location of a ligament injury, and it needs to be standard. It needs to be standardly done. It needs to be standardly done whether it's done by a chiropractor, whether it's done by a physical therapist, whether it's done by a medical provider, if it's done by an orthopedist, medical specialist, physiatrist, it doesn't matter. These injuries are the same. I'll give you an example. Cavities in the dental industry are pretty much all worked up the same. Spinal ligament injuries should be worked up the same regardless of the profession. And that's one of the things that's lacking in the market today and that's one of the things that the Smart Injury Doctors Program brings to the market today. So doctors, I wanted you to remind you today the two most significant bioimaging markers in a spinal ligament injury, what they are, and I hope that that was helpful for your understanding of this condition so that doctors can do better diagnostics both now and into the future in this market. Doctors, thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this short podcast today. I really appreciate it and I hope to see you on the next one. Thank you. You've been listening to the Smart Injury Doctors Podcast, the number one audio production show for professionals in the U.S. injury market that want to deliver better injury services to the patients, clients, or insureds they serve. If you like what you heard today, please leave us a review and don't forget to join us on our next program.